Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hump Day edition of Winners and Winers Radio. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. Scott, we're going to try to give out one winner today, right? We just got one game. Unless we cover some preseason. No, no. No. That's where you draw the line. I draw the line. I'll, I'll play preseason football. Uh, I'm not going to play preseason basketball, preseason NHL. Sorry. Can't Afraid of a fire alarm going off? Oh, my God, dude. We, we're going to get to this. That's so funny. But it's certainly, certainly given me a plan B for all the times I've got a losing bet in action. So, one game yesterday, one game in the books. How's your Yankees doing, buddy? Uh, I don't know. They're doing the same thing I'm doing. Hanging out at home, I guess. How's that, like Bob? I'd... How's that, Bob Melvin? First manager fired prop looking about now. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, the A's had about a day or two of gap period. What, before, t- what time is it? <laughs> before Boone potentially was going to be thrown off the team plane, but we'll see what happens there. Boone, we'll get into the game in a bit. I don't think Boone did anything wrong pulling Cole that early. We'll talk about the game in itself, but at the end of the day, the Yankees just didn't show up. Boone's is he? He's got his thumb out on I ninety five going south about now, doesn't he? Uh, he should be. Okay. I don't know if he's heading north or south, but he should be trying to find a new place to live because New York will eat him alive if he stays around. Oh, uh, you can't spell Boone without Boo! Pretty is much. That, is that a, is that a, is that a thing in New York? Uh, he made that quote actually. Okay. He said that the perks of having his last name is that he never knows when fans are booing him or not. Oh, I think he's got a pretty good idea. He said that a couple of months ago. <laughs> yeah. I think he's lying, but he, that's the quote he used. <laughs> yeah. He had a dumber quote in the post game, but we can talk about that briefly. We love Brandon. <laughs> Have you seen that? The we love Brandon. That one I don't know. Okay, uh, look, look, look. Google, Google that one. That'll, that'll okay. be a fun time for you. So, yeah, it was a uh, big day of baseball. Yankees are eliminated. Red Sox move on just to play the Tampa Bay Rays, which just seems like kind of a random weekend in July, doesn't it? The Red Sox and Rays, Yankees, Red, Yankees, Red Sox getting together. When's the postseason start? Uh, technically, it already did, but I don't know if you count what we just saw as an actual baseball game because after the first inning, it was kind of over. Actually, no, once Stanton's either first home run or second home run hit off the monster and turned into a single, the game was basically over. Clunk, clunk. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's no worse sound in baseball than the clunk off the green monster. Stanton was fantastic last night. Yeah. Everyone else was awful, but yeah. Stanton was great. I'll give him props for that. You know, I really thought I really thought the Yankees offense that was in Boston, uh, you know, a week and a half ago or whatever, I thought that would be the team that showed up. I didn't think it would be the team that was in Tampa Bay. Or but Tampa. That's why I mentioned going into the, the game, the weekend series against Tampa was atrocious, and yeah. the Yankees' bats – we're still ice cold, apparently. Yeah, yeah. They they never took them out of the deep freeze from their trip to Tampa. So yeah, Yankees left me hanging. Uh, I was I was I was in on the Yankees, bud. I had I was in on Cole. I was in on the Yankees offense. None of those things panned. I had out, a so. prop. I just faded Joey Gallo, which is usually <laughs> a good place to go, and it worked out pretty well. You just about got burned though, didn't you? Almost did. He had a warning track fly out uh, in the ninth inning, but luckily it was caught under well, half a hit, minus one. Three. And a prop that we talked about last night that for bet the, for bet the farm that we ultimately didn't take was Joey Gallo over one and a half strikeouts. He strikes out in the first, 
He's got an 0-2 count, his next two at bats, and then pops up each time. Yep, so pretty much. That would have been that would have been a call of the cops right there had we decided to go that direction. But we mm-hmm. went another direction and it worked out a little bit better. So yeah, let's get let's get rolling. We've got a big show to get to. Of course, we're going to recap the uh, Monday night baseball action there from the American League. We're going to talk about the National League wild card game with the Dodgers and the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Cardinals shock the world. That's what everybody wants to know. I wouldn't say the Red Sox actually shocked the world. They did have a better head-to-head record against the Yankees. They were a small underdog there at home, but it was an upset. We'll talk about whether we've got another upset on the horizon for tonight. But before we do, there are still games going on, and there are some people that are taking it in the shorts, folks. Let's find out who you are. Of course, if you know who you are, so I guess that doesn't really make sense, but... Let's find out. Let's let's spread it around. Let's let other people know who you are, Scott. Who got the bad beat today? Who do we have to uh, call the cops on? All right, the cops are here. Pull over, boys. It's time to get rolling. We're going to take a look first in, of course, the major leagues. It's the Yankees and Red Sox. If you had no score in the first inning, looking pretty good. You had no runs. Two outs, bottom of the first. Garrett Cole on the mound. He's dealing. Nobody on base. One, two count to Devers. Oh, Devers walked. He worked a walk. All right, not to worry. We just got to get past Sander. Oh, uh-oh. There she goes. That's a bomb. That's a two-run home run, Scott. And if you had no runs in the first inning, you're a strike away. But no bueno, my friend. It was two zip after one. That's more than zero. Time for to call the cops. And now you get to probably the most fun push call the cops beat arguably of the entire segment's history. So for this one, you had NBA preseason exhibition action and whether you had a total or a side (laughs) in the game, but the Grizzlies minus six and a half, we'll go with this one against Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Grizzlies were up 10 after three quarters, which is what you hope for. If you're laying six and a half laying right along. And all of a sudden the fire alarm went (laughs) off inside of the building and the whole arena had to evacuate. Now, there was no fire, at least to my knowledge, right. and they could resume the game. The announcers didn't get out of their chairs and said straight up they could resume the game if it was a regular season game, but since it's an exhibition, they weren't sure if the game would resume or not. That'll do, It pig. did not. The game was <laughs> called after three quarters, and unfortunately for you, the NBA games need to go a certain length in order to qualify as an actual game for betting purposes. I believe it is 45 minutes. If you reach that criteria, nope. if you had Grizzlies minus six and a half, your team won by 10, <laughs> but you still didn't make any money and you didn't lose any money either. That kind of sucks, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's time to it's time to call the fire department right there, not call the cops, call the fire department. So I didn't think about that. The other night, Scott, I'm at the, I'm at the Royals game and I've got, and I've got the Royals. And, of course, they're terrible offensive performance. They look like the Yankees did last night. They can do absolutely nothing. I didn't think about just going out in the concourse and looking for a fire alarm, pulling the fire alarm, and calling it good. Because, it's you know, it's the second to the last night of the season. They're going to evacuate 25,000 people. They're not putting everybody back in their seats for three more innings. Come on. It's over. Doing uh, anything, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Baseball, baseball might work out the least, though, unless you're in, like, Tampa or a dome. Mm-hmm. But if you're outside, then I feel like you could always just jump on the field if there's a fire. <laughs> Seems like that would be the last place to. But yeah, I, it's kind of an interesting dilemma. Of course, if it was a regular season game, I think they would have just resumed it after about an hour and a half. Sure. Delay. 
Yeah, you so just... pick your spots when it comes to pulling fire alarms to get out of losing bets. Uh-huh. But for preseason basketball and preseason hockey, you know, that guy might have been onto something. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely true. By the way, I have a long history of doing this, Scott. When I was like a four years old, or visiting my grand, my great grandmother in a nursing home, and apparently I got bored and uh, pulled the fire alarm. I'm impressed you could reach the fire alarm. Oh, before. I, uh, yeah, I, well, apparently I was determined. Nice, but yeah, cops had to come. I will, ne- I will never forget that one of my one of my first memories. So apparently, I have a history of pulling the fire alarm when I want to get out of situations that I'm not enjoying myself in. So losing a bet would definitely qualify for there. All right, let's do another one from the from the Red Sox Yankees game. If you had the under seven and a half, you know we talked about this last night because the last night it was that we uh, when we, we recorded the show. It was eight juice to the over. It looked like we actually had a war on the total because you liked the over. Mm -hmm. I liked the under. That's right. And yeah, then this happened. Yeah. And then this happened. So if you had under seven and a half, you had seven runs going into the top of the ninth. Uh, (laughs) Nothing worse than the Yankees in garbage time. Uh, Of course, the Red Sox are ahead. So that's it. You just got to get past that half inning. Yankees haven't done anything the entire game. They put one run up to this total. Up to the up to this point, you think you could just get one? Nope, nope. There she goes. It's Giancarlo Stanton, solo home run with one out. You were just two outs away, but two outs is a long time. You had the under seven and a half. You came in late on this number. It's on you. It's on you. Don't call us. Call the cops. It was also a bit of a bad beat for me because when I compiled the sheet, I originally had Stanton under or stand over half a home run on call the cops because he hit the green monster twice right and was about five feet combined from two separate home runs and then he hit another one anyway so it didn't matter but i like how he hit the wall twice and said no 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 no. we're going opposite field this time (laughs) yep yep and i saw judge judge hit one to the uh with the warning track on going oppo almost like i called it last night but just couldn't quite get there so all right. Well, you know what? There was some good news for people out there. It wasn't me, but there was some people that did well, and you had nice, easy winners. I'm guessing uh, maybe some people uh, that perhaps had the Red Sox. I'm, I don't know, just going down on a limb. Whatever it might be, you know who you are, but let's find out as we disclose today's Rocking Chair wins. Well, you could obviously choose the Red Sox, but we mentioned them twice for Call the Cops, so I decided to focus on a prop instead, which was even easier. If you had Garrett Cole under seven and a half strikeouts, you tend to need to record more than six out total in the entire game. If you'd have told me that Garrett Cole was going to, half the outs he recorded were going to be strikeouts, I'd have said, sign me up for over seven and a half. Pretty much, but he only went two innings. That's the problem. He recorded six outs, obviously, as a result. Finish with three strikeouts. Right. Never in doubt. See you later. Yep. No, peace out, Girl Scout. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to record seven and a half strikeouts when you only record six outs. Yep. I'm no, I'm no math major, but I'm pretty sure. Hey, if you had the Canadians Maple Leafs over six and a half, eh? You had five goals in the first period, two goals in the second period. Hey, you could turn the you could turn the playoff game back on. Game ended up six to two. Well, over the total of uh, six and a half, which that seems like a pretty hefty number there, Scott, huh? Uh, Apparently wasn't hefty enough. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Nope. Canadians Maple Leafs over six and a half. You were in a rocking chair, man. And the last one was in preseason NBA in a game that actually finished all 48 minutes. If you had the Bulls minus five against the Cavaliers, you had a 21 point lead at the half. 
You led by 41 after three quarters, and the Bulls ended up winning by 36. There you go. Nicely done. Probably going to be the last time the Bulls win by 36 this year. Uh, they might play the Cavs a couple of times in the regular season. <laughs> Good so point. On that. Good point. So it's been a weird week, Scott. We've seen so far. It's just it, we just did two days. We've seen a uh, game delayed for Lightning that's indoors. Yep. And we have seen a game canceled because of somebody pulling a fire alarm. Yep. So there you go. We find out who pulled the fire alarm by any chance. See, I don't know if it was officially pulled or if there was a malfunction of some kind. I'm assuming somebody pulled it because it's kind of rare for a building like that to have a serious malfunction. Do they? I don't recall. I've been to a lot of arenas. I don't recall seeing the fire alarms. Now, maybe they're just so ubiquitous that I don't even realize I'm seeing them. But I can't. I've spent a lot of time at Royal Stadium. I cannot remember seeing a fire alarm within my reach anywhere. Could be. I don't know. All I know is, is that for a building that can carry that many fans... I'm sure there's one someplace. Somebody might have found it. That just that just doesn't seem like a good power to give eighteen thousand drunk people at a basketball game. I'm not. You know what? That's not fair. Not everybody's drunk at a basketball game. Sixteen two tops. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. If it was preseason, I had I have to be drinking. Are you are you drinking if you go preseason basketball? I think I have to. Right. I mean, I'm gonna have action on it to some degree, but you're throwing in people off the bench who you don't even know. You know, the starters are barely playing. You know, who's this guy's passing it to? I don't know what his name is, but shoot the damn thing. I got to be honest with you. I don't watch preseason basketball at all. I don't follow it. I don't look at the box scores. I don't attempt to handicap it. I watch Summer League. I've handicapped Summer League stuff. Well, that's a little different because you've got players that are actually playing for something. I was actually very profitable on on the YouTube channel like a year or two ago. And I think it was two, three years ago, actually, for Summer League. Living in the past, buddy. Well, it was because they canceled Summer League one year because of COVID, so I couldn't do it. Whatever. Everybody's got an excuse. I didn't get that involved uh, this past year, but Summer League has some betting angles if you want to actually make some profit. I I got you addicted to baseball, didn't I? I got you addicted to betting on baseball. I don't think you did. I think it was the calendar. (laughs) Well, I mean, Summer League, it's you got basketball or you got baseball, so. You got tennis. Oh, don't forget. Don't forget the tennis. Mm -hmm. Any, Any tennis this week, buddy? Oh, there's always tennis going on. There's, te- there's multiple tennises around. Just ten-i? Tenuses. <laughs> Tenus. Oh, very good. Quick reminder, you guys are listening to Winners and Winers Radio. Soon to be heading back to the window with Scott and Scott. Either way, you give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. And that's uh, that's what we're fitting to do. But first, we got a, we got a handout of a couple of awards, Scott. We got to find out who's strapping it on today. Uh, the truck has just pulled up. They're unloading it. I have the golden feed bag in my hand. Let's find out who's taking it home as uh, we discover today's donkey of the day. All right, that was a that was a long one today. I let it I let it go today. You kind of need to for this one. You kind of do. Go ahead. So. During the offseason in the NFL, we were harping on some issues regarding one, how do we put this delicately, ancient NFL quarterback. And that was Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. And we said after the second half of last year, he was absolutely cooked. And we knew that he was going to struggle. We both thought Pittsburgh under for the team total. The win total was definitely the way to go. 
Remind me how they are so far this season. They're not good, buddy. They They're, uh, I believe, one and three. One, one and three. Somehow snuck out a victory against the Bills with a blocked punt and a couple of other things that went exactly right. Point is, they've lost three in a row. They lost to Cincinnati. They've mm-hmm. lost to some other teams in there. But yeah. Mike good. Tomlin was asked about the obvious elephant in the room, which was Big Ben's performance and whether or not they could be making a quarterback change at some point in the near future. And Mike Tomlin, the loyal guy that he is, I believe both of us predicted this during the offseason, mm-hmm. but we got to roast him for it anyway. He said that Big Ben still gives his team the best chance to win games. And mm-hmm. I believe we said that this exact scenario would happen. Yes. We said that they would mention some injury concerns, yes. and he actually did in the press conference. Yep. Which will open the door for a potential benching because of injury in a couple of weeks. Yep. But as of right now, he says Big Ben gives them the best chance. What game is he watching? So then I guess without Big Ben, you have no chance to win instead of just a little chance to win. I still am a firm believer that Rudolph gives him a better chance to win than Big Ben. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know again. And I'm not saying that Mason Rudolph is the star quarterback waiting in the wings. He's not, No, but at least he can throw the ball more than 10 yards. I'm not, you know, and it, it kind of because Tom was what two super two Super Bowl two time Super Bowl champion three time. I believe it was. I want to say one, just one. He won the one against Arizona. Is that it? I thought yeah. What other a, one would he have won? I don't know. The Tomlin one was, a, and the Tomlin took over after the win against uh, Seattle with Cower. So yeah. he only has one. Okay. All right. He well. lost to Green Bay in a Super Bowl. But well, that makes it e- that makes it easier to roast him. He's a hack. Doesn't know anything about football. Well, I, I think Tom was an extremely overrated coach, but I've said that for years. Yikes! But That's a hot take right there. It's a hot take for the wins, but Pittsburgh has had so much talent over the years they keep squandering it. Well, okay. am I wrong? You have Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, that entire defense for basically a decade, and. I don't know how he kept his job back for the choke job or not the choke job, just the no show against Jacksonville at home a couple of years ago in the playoffs. But right. Yeah. Anyway, Tomlin's going to do his own thing and he likes big Ben and some veterans who apparently have a little bit in the tank left, but they don't. Should they have cleaned house after last year's debacle to Cleveland? I made the argument that should have cleaned house after the loss to Jacksonville a couple of years ago. Yeah. So yes, I, I think it was overdue. You make an argument, the Jacksonville loss, the New Orleans loss in the final game to miss the playoffs a couple years ago where you ended up choking that you finally beat New England one time and you still missed the playoffs. Congratulations to you there. Then you had the massive implosion last year where your team started off 11 and 0, then lost about five or six in a row to end the year. Yep. And now you're forced to deal with big Ben again. I'm going to blame the higher ups for that one though, for bringing him back. I can't blame Tomlin for that, but how do I don't know how they haven't cleaned house yet. Well, let me ask you this. We're roasting Tomlin pretty good for saying that. What's he supposed to say? It's a situation where you can make the argument saying, we're keeping our options open. We'll see what happens. We'll take. We'll play it game by game. You can be somewhat honest. No, you can't do that. I, don't, I think you can. Ben see, would have the, a conniption fit. What is he? The th- issue is that people think that because Big Ben is this Pittsburgh legend, mm-hmm. that they owe him some type of... I don't want to say job security, but basically job security. Well, most importantly, not just people think that. Apparently, the management and ownership of the Pittsburgh Steelers think that. Correct. So like, if Tomlin's being fed information in his ear saying, you better defend Big Ben, then okay. But the point is the premise itself 
Pittsburgh organization, Tomlin, because he's the one who made the quotes. Big Ben deserves no job security at all. He took a pay cut, which I guess was nice. He's still making way too much money. He's still making, I believe, what is it, like fourteen million? A lot, yes. He's supposed to make like thirty, and he ended up taking like fourteen or something. What a sport! All I know is that if if the Patriots got crap for cutting Cam Newton, Big Ben shouldn't be on a roster. That's all I'm saying. What about it, Yinzer Nation? I know we got some Steelers fans out there. They have fans all around the world. What do you guys of course, think? Of Robert- course, he's a hall. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But I don't know how you can be a current Steeler fan and sit there every Sunday and say Big Ben gives us the best chance to win. Well, that's, what that's, I wanna, that's what I want to know. If you're a Steelers fan or if you watch this team, drop us a comment. Let us know what you think. Are we out of, are, are we out of bounds here? Is a, is a damaged Big Ben still better than any other options? Or is it time for new blood and bring in Oklahoma State's very own Mason Rudolph? I want to know what Pittsburgh fans in the comment section below still like about Big Ben besides the experience angle. Do you have anything you've seen from him in the pocket which tells you he's actually even an average NFL quarterback right now. Yeah, well, he looked good in preseason. Remember the game that we, the first game he played with the with the new system. Man, he was clicking right along. Everything looked great. What happened? Yeah. Uh, they went up against actual first string defenders. Stop playing. Stop playing four three vanilla defense. Pretty much. Okay. All right. So there's our donkey of the day. And uh, yep, yeah, this is this is pretty much. It has to be this one, Scott. Let's find out. Who's disappointed us today? Now remember, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. All right, there you go. I actually actually stopped it on time today. No battleship coming in behind it. It's a beautiful thing. Scott, I think this award, we really kind of got to split it in half. Although if it was up to me, I'd probably give it to Garrett Cole. But we're going to give it to Garrett Cole and the New York Yankees offense. Two dreadful performances by a team and a player that are supposed to be much better than that. Last night, they certainly weren't, like we mentioned before, Garrett Cole lasted just six outs. That's not good. Yankees put up, well, one run when it mattered and another run when it didn't. Just disappointing all the way around. Scott, I feel for you. You know, at least as a Royals fan, I knew my season was over in uh, late July. Yeah, because I've been a huge optimistic Yankees fan throughout the entire season. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, yeah, you weren't exactly. I've been roasting this team for months. You liked them to start, but when the, uh, the injuries started piling up, you unloaded off that Yankees bandwagon pretty quickly. And I feel like I made the right choice. I agree because I did. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, agree. they're they're out right now. Garrett Cole's the main person who you would give it to, yeah, because he's the guy as the pitcher. Because you're paying a guy north of three hundred million dollars who's supposed to be competing with DeGrom for the best pitcher in New York or even just in baseball, it's not even close. Like, DeGrom's clearly better. It's not even a discussion. But right. Cole's been struggling down the stretch, which is why we're not fully mad, because a part of us mentioned on yesterday's show, Cole's recent performances suggest, especially in Fenway, that there's a chance he might get lit up in this spot. We thought it was an outsider's chance, but we thought it was, there was definitely a game script in which it would not go well for Cole. Yeah, I didn't, because you know, like you said, I like I liked the over. So I thought he might give up three runs in six innings, you know, barely squeak by with a quality start, but the Yankees would have their bats going and be able to put up, um, you know, f- five plus. Yeah, you were expecting like five, four, six, three, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. I figured the Yankees bullpen would come in and shut them down like they've been doing. 
And yeah, none of that happens. You know, sometimes you look at a game and you and you 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 map it out. You talk about how it's going to go. Sometimes it goes that way, and you look like an absolute genius. And then sometimes you look at a game like that and you say, "Here's what's going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to." And none of those things happen. And you look like a moron. And it could be on the same day. It could be yesterday you were smart. Today you're stupid. It's a very it's a very humbling business, isn't it, Scott? It really is. But anyway, so Cole, three hundred plus million dollars. You got to do better than six outs in a single game elimination. You really but, do. Yes, I think that goes so, without so that's saying. That's the obvious one. Yes. The Yankees offense with all the people getting paid. I'm making one and a half exceptions because Rizzo had the solo home run. His other at bats were terrible, but right. he had at least had a home run. Stan was fantastic. So I'm tossing Stan now. Now, would you do, you do you think either one of those balls that hit the Green Monster would have gone out of say a normal stadium? Hundred percent. Okay, he, so they he were crushed. he crushed. So they weren't like pop flies that barely grazed the top of the wall. They were drives that were headed out and they got stopped by the wall. The second one was a rope. It just didn't get high enough. The yeah. first one, you can make an argument in Yankee Stadium, it's obviously gone. Right. But in another ballpark, like I think it's gone in Houston, for example. You throw in a couple other parks there. Okay. But it at the end of the day, it just didn't have the height. But Stanton. Had arguably three home runs in a game. Yeah. Only one of them counted, but he was fantastic. That hurts. How do you as an entire team, and the announcers were praising how patient this team is at the plate. <laughs> I don't know what they're even talking about, because if you watch the Yankees this season, you know they're not patient. No. But you have zero no, walks no, as a team no in walks. nine innings. And what do you and you you speculated. Now you watched the whole game. I did not. I was running around doing some errands, doing some work. It's, it's one of the two numbers. I'm not sure if it's one or two three-ball counts in the entire game. That's phenomenal. That is, and, it's, and it is inexcusable. In a game you're behind by multiple runs and you need base runners and you're swinging at everything, stop it. Now, Yavaldi did find the zone a lot. He was very aggressive out there. Really but at the same aggressive. point, you got to at least try to foul some pitches off or something. You got to try to work a count. Well, they might have been, but they were swinging and missing at him. They were. You knew it was a bad sign when Yavaldi got out of the first inning and about, well, Stan had the hit, which extended the pitch count, but I think it was three pitches in through the first two batters. Well, I know, I know I watched it in the, in the second inning because I'd eaten dinner and then I, and I turned it on and I know Yavaldi, I know Yavaldi had thrown, uh, I want to say 22 pitches into the, into the second inning. So it could be, but all I know is that he was cruising from start to finish because you looked up. It was always either 0-1, 0-2, or 1-2. Yes, and that's and that makes all the difference in the world, man. It really does. That's Also, shout out to Phil Nevin for this award, because I'm, I'm not mad that you sent Judge because you've been oversending runners every throughout the entire season. Oh, can you we, were yeah. an abysmal third base coach. Can we talk about that? My God. Well, well, I mentioned on the air before. I mentioned it on Twitter as well months ago. I think Nevin's awful. He sends everybody. Look, you know, we talked earlier this season about making the third out at third, how that is a no-no, but almost as bad as making the second out at home. That's that's ridiculous, Scott. Yeah, it, it's awful. I, there's a reason why the Yankees, I believe, were the worst base running team in terms of outs in the entire league. Yep. Phil Nevin was a huge reason for that. I believe it. I believe it because he just he just ran him, ran him into a buzzsaw right there. Because yeah. I, I, went, I went back and looked at that. Like, was he throwing up the stop? Oh, no, he was... He looked like no, Pete, he, he, he looked like Pete Townsend in concert with the windmill going. It was even worse. He hesitated. He was late to make the wrong signal, which is just a double whammy. But at the end of the day, people were talking about second and third. It would have been first and third. 
Stan was admiring his shot again, he wouldn't have made it to second base. So it would have been first and third one out and Gallo probably would have struck out or something, but still judge was obviously not going to make it. Just stop. Can you stop sending people? I get the idea of putting pressure on the defense. There's a difference between putting pressure and being reckless. Nevin's just reckless. Yeah. Just made no sense, man. Made no sense at all. If there was two outs, maybe. You make them make yeah. you make them make the good throw. Maybe they misses them in the, the tag mm-hmm. or something. But yeah. with yeah, with an out, you're down. No, stop it. You need base runners. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Well, that's uh gonna put a lid. We threw on. in a couple of, uh, a couple of wild cards there with Nevin and company, but I I had to mention a brief rant on that. that no, was I, no, I agree. No, and I I thought the same thing. In fact, I talked about I I thought about making him donkey of the day, and then it was we had we had uh, more. Uh, deserving we had, we had tomlin so that worked out yeah it did so uh quick reminder guys you are listening to winners winners radio give us an hour we'll give you the winners so scott i always want to start the show every time we do it with play like a champion today but apparently that's trademarked i can't do it they, they charge me did you know did you know about this story can we get away with uh it's the heart of a champion like the former nba songs that used to be on abc Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It's the heart of a champion, like that one. No, I like from like early mid two thousands playoff basketball. I remember that. That's good. So Lou Holtz, crafty bastard that he is, Scott. He was part of a group that, uh, um, actually include ex quarterback Rick Meyer as well. Is it wrong that when I think of Lou Holtz, I think of uh, the Frank Caliendo impression of Lou Holtz? Yeah, probably. He was part of a group that trademarked the name Play Like a Champion today. They bought that name, Scott. They bought that phrase. They okay. leased it to Notre Dame now. So Notre Dame has their sign. If you don't know, in the Notre Dame tunnel or the stairs, you go you go up the stairs into the tunnel. There's a wooden sign that says Play Like a Champion today. I'm sure you've seen the tapes. Everybody hits the sign as they as they walk by. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Lou Holtz did not charge the former school that he coached to use that slogan. I think they. I think he absolutely did. They formed the. You think they, he did? They formed this cor- corporation just to buy that name. Eh, I, I don't know. You're charging your former school you used to coach. I, is that a dick move? It is, but you know, Lou Holtz, he's all about that money. You know, he's a he's a, a big motivational speaker. He charges a hell of a lot of money to to mm-hmm. go speak. He's all about that coin, buddy. And Rick Meyer, what's he doing? That's fair. So, a little upset down in Sooner Nation, Scott, because. Bud Wilkinson put up a sign, said, play like a champion today. He put it up in 1953. Lou Holtz put up his sign in 1992, if I'm not mistaken. Now, there's a little bit of controversy because apparently there was a sign. Lou Holtz found it in a book in the library, so you know he's old. But he was reading a uh, history of Notre Dame tradition and found out that they used to have a sign that said that in the locker room back in the like the 20s or 30s, probably under Newt Rockney. So he brought it back. In the meantime, Bud Wilkinson beat him by about 35 years of actually posting it. So people, of course, in Sooner Nation are upset. First of all, do they have a case? Do you care? I feel like these are the two perfect schools to have this debate because both of these teams have not been champions in a long time. Wow. It doesn't say, uh, it says play like a champion, Scott. Doesn't yeah, unfortunately, the today doesn't apply to college football playoff games. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. 
So this is not unheard of, by the way. Uh, of course, Pat Riley famously trademarked the phrase, do you know? You know I don't know what? where you're going with this. Three-peat. Oh, really? Yeah, three-peat. He's got, he's got like five different iterations of three-peat. Why does Pat Riley do everything well? He's just the coach, GM, trademarking. I don't know if he's ever made a mistake he, in his life. Have you have you checked out his rap albums? I'm assuming it's fire. Oh, Con- is it good. Con- Kanye couldn't stop talking about it. it. It's that it's that good. He's a true Renaissance man. I it really doesn't surprise me. The only thing I guess he failed in, which isn't even a failure, was his playing career because he's not a Hall of Famer. That's but, true. That's true. You know, it's, other than that, he's been successful for the last what 30, 40 years in basically everything. Everything he touches. That's right. So. Uh, Texas A&M, they trademarked 12th Man. So what's the Seahawks doing? They're buying it from, they they rent it from A&M. Okay. I found that out doing research for this story. I did not know that. But yes, they cool. are they are using that with the permission of the Texas A&M, whatever entity down at A&M owns that. By the so. way, to go quickly back to the Notre Dame-Oklahoma scandal. Sure, why not? Did Wilkinson trademark it, or he just said it? No, he just put up, a, they put up a sign. It's still there. Same sign, still there. So what case do they have? That they did it first. Yeah, there's no trademark. Who cares? Don't you have to actually file it legally in order for it to be yours? Well, You can yeah. make the argument about court of public opinion, but... For the grand scheme of it, if it's not legally trademarked, then I don't know what Lou Holtz or Notre Dame did wrong. They legally purchased the phrase. I'm gonna then I'm gonna trade my trademark the phrase. Oh my god, I can't believe he swung at that. You can try to do that. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but I'm just saying if you're making a legal case of can Oklahoma sue them for this, the answer is no, because they don't have a damn legal claim to it. That's right. Your dad's a lawyer too, so you would know. Yeah. <laughs> That is true. Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, we'll just leave that there. I just I just thought that's interesting. And it's a funny story. But I still laugh at the two schools being involved for this. But yeah, it's a separate story. Yeah, play. Yeah, I guess. Uh, what you gonna have Nebraska in there too? <laughs> What's the Notre Dame a champion of? They don't even play in a conference. <laughs> uh, play like a champion today. All right, we're very good at badminton. Badminton team mm-hmm. looks great today. So Scott Urban Meyer came out with his official mea culpa. The owner issued a statement, kind of the dreaded uh, vote of confidence, if you will. Was that a vote of confidence? Because basically, he basically just said he has to prove himself to the team. I don't even know what that even means. He, he says it's just that he has to earn back their trust, and I think he will, was the way he closed it. Oh, boy. So, of course, we're coming at it from a sports betting perspective. Urban Meyer, now the prohibitive favorite to be the first coach fired slash leave. Very important distinction right there, Scott. Minus 200. Any value on anyone else, or should we just bet the farm on Urban Meyer to be the first one out Well, of to go through the other names, you have Zimmer at 5-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Truth is, I don't think Zimmer's done a bad job this year. No. They lost a close game to Cleveland. Cleveland's a good team. Yep. They lost on a missed field goal against the only undefeated team left in the league. So even though the Vikings are 1-3, I actually don't think Zimmer's done a bad job this year. You have Joe Judge, who beat New Orleans last week, so he's bought himself at least another couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Flores is safe because they don't have a quarterback. Tomlin, I think, is appealing, but Pittsburgh would never fire a midseason. That's not just a, not happening. Not a chance. And Frank Reich won last week against Miami at 20-1, to 1, so he's also safe. Okay. Which means you got Meyer and Nagy. Yep. Now, Nagy, Nagy uh, we talked about, and at the end of the day, he won last week against Detroit. We thought if they lost, they'd throw him off the team plane. Out. So he won. I think he'll buy a couple of weeks. 
the leave is the dis- is the distinction here because I think Urban Meyer might leave. Yeah, yeah. You? Oh, sure, absolutely. Go to uh, what is what does he go to rehab or sex addiction uh, uh, addiction clinic? Whatever or, they send Tiger Woods to. Yeah, whatever it, whatever he's going to go do that they're going to send him. Whatever somewhere. David Letterman went to. I would I would say somebody will no longer have a job in the NFL by the first of November. Yeah. You with and me on I that? think we would agree that if it was only fired, mm-hmm. then I don't know if there's enough value there on Meyer. Cause I don't think Meyer's going to get fired. I think he has the classic move, which is, you know, my heart's been killing me. I'm out of here. You see that you see the, the picture that went viral of him at his, at his desk. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was just beautiful. That was but beautiful. in general, I think Meyer's going to step down if, He's about to get fired. You? I agree. I agree. I don't. I don't know why these fantastic college coaches keep doing this. We talked about Spurrier and of. Uh, of I think you're underestimating the size of the check. <laughs> it's a really big check, Dean. Well, he uh, wasn't a current college coach. He had some time off in the Fox Studios, and then he eventually just decided, "Well, they're going to pay me to sit around. Sure, why not?" Who's that, Spurrier? No, I'm talking about uh, Urban. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think these guys get the itch, Scott. And I'm saying it wasn't like he was successful at a college program and then left the college program for the pros. He was doing nothing, just analyzing games for like a year or two. Well, well, he stepped away from a successful college program. Correct. But I'm saying in general, he had some time off where he could regain the fire, so to speak, or whatever. But I think he just wanted the check. Yeah, just deal with his heart problems. And I don't know. It's Heart medication ain't cheap, man. (laughs) You think they'd have a pretty good plan there in in Jacksonville. I don't know. Just that's just just an ugly situation. And was he doomed? Was he doomed from the start? Did he have a chance? In our eyes, he was doomed from the start. Yeah. I think some Jaguars fans held out hope, even without all the distractions that typically come from an Urban Meyer program or team. The team defense needed some major overhauling, and they did absolutely nothing during the offseason. You signed one corner, you traded away your top corner who you drafted about a year ago. How did you expect this team to do well when you had the worst defense last year and you either treaded water or somehow basically got worse? Somehow managed to get worse, even with the uh, the top. Oh, yeah. What, they have three first-round picks? Yeah, he drafted a running back who I know is injured, is not playing for the year, but James Robinson, from what I saw against Cincinnati, that's a guy you probably didn't need to draft a replacement for in the first round. Good Lord. I it made no sense. So, you know, once I, that pick was made, I thought you might've had some problems on your hands. He first wanted to be fired before the season even started. All right. Very yep. good. And finally, Scott, it was announced today, this year's version of the match. We're getting rid of the celebrities. There'll be no celebrities in this one. It's just going to be a grudge match. Mono e mono, if you will. Brooks Kepka, bum, 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 and Bryson DeChambeau. Scott going at it. In Vegas on the Wynn uh, Resort Golf Course. Thanksgiving. You excited? I'm torn on this one because I now don't know if the beef is fully real. Right. Or if this was all just a full marketing ploy to, was, get, a, to get a match. It was going to be my question, Scott. So I don't know if any of it's genuine or not because they put their swords aside for the actual rider. Mm-hmm. And they dominated. They yep. were fantastic. Yep. Right? I kind of like the celebrities being involved. Me too. I just think that it's a more laid back, fun atmosphere. If these two guys actually do hate each other, right? How are you supposed to ask them good questions in between each hole? Yeah, I don't know. 
They're going to be dialed in. Like, I, I don't really, I kind of like the laid back fun atmosphere you got with Barkley in Brady's ear talking crap to him. Like, I think that's all fun. But if you have DeChambeau and Kepka and they both hate each other, legitimately or not, and they're trying to sell this hatred to it, I'm not expecting many fun interview moments. Are you? No, it's going to be, it's going to turn into Judge Smales and Ty Webb, Scott. The guys, I think it's just too serious. Genuinely hate each other. I think it's too serious for me. I like the celebrities because it adds a little gimmick to it that is more fun. You get to laugh at great athletes doing stupid stuff on a sport they they don't specialize in. Of course, it started off as Nicholson versus Tiger, and then they of added course, the celebrities later. That they, was also pay per view, I believe. So I actually was not able to watch that when he was actually on at the time. Oh, you didn't know how, you didn't know how to steal feeds then. Um, but the point I'm trying to say is that it wasn't as accessible mainstream as the celebrity ones. I see. Yes, that's correct. But so I I don't I can't comment about how it was only with two professionals with no actual foursome in place it's just a normal match play event so let's do this who would you like to see as the two celebrities barkley easy okay give me barkley and jordan let's have some fun barkley and jordan huh? jordan's making side bets for like millions every single hand i know that now jordan and barkley aren't on speaking terms because barkley made comments about jordan's let's say lackluster performance as owner of the Hornets. And apparently Jordan's never forgave him for that. So they, apparently they don't, they actually don't talk to each other anymore. Okay. That's a hell of a combo. You get Barkley and Jordan on the, on the golf course together. I think that's fantastic. You. Yeah. I think assuming you... any pairing was possible. I think that's a very nice two to add. Uh, Barkley is a good one. Uh, I had, a, I had another one in my brain. It'll come, it'll come to me. I, I, it totally went out of my brain when you started talking about Jordan. It wasn't a... Uh, oh, it was... Do you, uh, like, do you like that combo, though? It's Jordan all right. and Barkley? Uh, it's all right. I'd like to see Bill Murray. That's okay. what I want to see. I want to, I want to see one of the uh, one of the celebrities that's absolutely associated with golf. I want to see... I want to see... Uh, I'll take... I'll give, you, I'll give you Barkley. Let me see Bill Murray and Charles Barkley play. I don't know if... Does Murray still golf? As far as I know. Okay. I mean, I've, I've, I saw him, like, last year. Because I know Barkley's been trying on the celebrity tour, and he makes some cameo appearances and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be, that'd be entertaining. So, all right, very good. All right, buddy. Well, anything we've we've kind of uh, we kind of left this space open to talk about the game last night. I think I think we've kind of dribbed and drabbed. Any final thoughts on the on the game? Um, please fire Aaron Boone. Oh, I think you're going to get your wish, my friend. That That's basically it. I can't even blame him for yesterday's performance, but he got to start somewhere. You could just go ahead and tear that Bob Melba ticket up now. Just Soon. Rip it up. When the time is right. It's over. It's over, Rover. So tonight, we have another game. Now, it looks on the surface, not quite as big a disparity, neither with the odds um, or with the, with the pitching, but Scott... Do we have another situation that's set up in, setting up just like last night as the... Um, St. Louis football Cardinals, or St. Louis baseball Cardinals travel to L.A., take on Mighty Max Scherzer, University of Missouri graduate, and the rest of the Dodgers. This one opened up at 210. Scott, we predicted it would go up, and go up it has. It's now pretty much 225, 230 across the board. I said 240 close. That's what we so said. We said 240 on that, and I still think it's got a good chance to get there. Although there could be some buyback on Wainwright coming. I don't know. It's, it's Wainwright and Scherzer. Seven and a half is the number. That's where it opened. That's where it sits. That's where it's going to die. Um, Scherzer has not been fantastic. 
over his over his last three starts. Now, one of those starts, he was pretty good. He, he gave up uh, three earned runs, six innings, quality start, two. Are we are we tossing the core start in the garbage? Or are we keeping it? I think don't we kind of have to? I think you can, but I'm just saying you can. You have to make a statement that one of them was in cores. So do with that information what you will. Yeah, that's that's and that's absolutely true. As he uh, squared off against Kyle Freeland, and that did not go well. Although he had no he had no excuse. Well, he's he's just historically terrible in Coors Field. Yeah, well, he had no excuse for losing to Ryan Weathers in the San Diego Padres. Yeah, that I actually he, starts, he didn't he didn't lose. By yeah, the way, he gave up he the, gave up five earned mm-hmm. in five and a third innings. I think they came back and won that game. They but did. There, there's no they've won every game he's pitched since he's been traded. By the way, there's no excuse for the other starts, but the Coors Field one you have the unique environment aspect to it. Okay, all right. So then, are you okay with him? Are you? He, he's, he's, I was going to say he still hasn't been good anyway. It was horrible his last time out, and he was bad the time before that. But it was in Coors. Every start before then, before that, Scott, he had gone. Five starts without giving up an earned run. Well, you mentioned how it's similar to yesterday, and just to elaborate on that, Garrett Cole went into this start having not pitched as bad as baseball or even average baseball for the last couple of outings, and he got shelled. Now, am I saying that Scherzer's guaranteed to get shelled here? No, but I am saying that if you want to buy into anything that you can determine from yesterday's game and try to extrapolate it to this one, it's the current form for pitchers matter a lot more than season long stats. That's absolutely true. Let me and let me give you a couple here because everybody's talking about what a mismatch this is. How, I, don't, I think it's closer than people the think. The Dodgers are so much better. Each of these teams, Scott, has won 17 of their last 20. Yep. LA outscored their opponents in those 20 games 118 to 1 to 71. Cards outscored their opponents 122 to 68. They scored more, they gave up less. Um the Dodgers won all 11 of Max Scherzer start since being traded from the Nats. Although, as we discussed, it took a lot of, lot of offense to get him there in the last two. Adam Wainwright, he's won 13 of his last 14. The Dodgers, the, the Cards have won 13 of his last 14. So, what do with that what you will. I'm just saying it, this matchup could be closer than people are anticipating. Now, just for the actual breakdown on this game... Are you expecting, I know the wind's blowing out to right field at about seven. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see a decent amount of lefty bats being stacked with these two teams. You think it matters for high scoring or do you think there's just going to be a low scoring rock fight? I think it's going to be a low scoring rock fight because you've got a situation where, yeah, the wind's blowing out a little bit to right field, but you've still got the heavy air. You've still got the the heavy nighttime marine uh, air there in Los Angeles. Now, wait a minute. What time? What time does this game start? This game is going to be uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time? Well, of course, you're asking because of the three-hour time difference comparing the East Coast to the West Coast. Yeah, okay, so it is. It's going to be, so it's going to be, okay, I take it back, Scott. It's going to it's be 5 o'clock. It's going to be 510 local. So you're not going to, you're not going to have the, the nighttime air at least for the first two-thirds of this game. Mm. So that's not going to be a factor as far as the total goes. I still think pitching is going to prevail. Well, the issue that I have when it comes to evaluating the wind is that you're expecting lefty bats to be a plenty. The issue is for Los Angeles, your best lefty hitter is Muncie, who's injured. Bellinger has been awful this season. Mm-hmm. And you got Seager. Now, Seager's good. He's been hitting the ball really well lately. Other than that, what other lefties do you have? And then you look at the Cardinals. Really, what other lefties do you have? Like Carlson, who's a switch, is that basically it? Yeah, that is basically it. And this is a 
This is a Cardinals team. Neither one of these teams. Uh, Cardinals, they don't have any lefties. Cardinals hit 239 against right-handers. Uh, Dodgers hit 241. And the so. Cardinals are not using Carpenter, who's been awful this year. That's just not happening. You don't think so? You think he's done? Pinch hitter situation for a pitcher may be late, but in the actual starting lineup, Carpenter's not playing. Dodgers start Pujols? I think they might have to. I, I mentioned this to you before we recorded, but without Muncie, you have a Pujols angle where he might not have faced Wainwright that many times, but I'm sure he knows a lot about him because they were teammates for a long time. Right. I do think Pujols are going to be playing for experience. You? Uh, yeah, I think without I think without Muncie, you're probably going to see you're probably going to see Albert in there and and taking his swings. Yeah, I agree. Now I'm not saying he's going to be productive or anything, but I do think with the experience and just the knowledge of the Cardinals, especially with the starter who's been around for such a long time, mm-hmm. I do think he probably has some knowledge that he has stored somewhere, and they'll try to untap it for this game. I would agree. I would I would agree with that. So you got to pick on this game. I'm rooting for the Cardinals. Okay. Just because it's a great meme to see an 106 win team lose in a one game playoff and go home. I just, I just think there, I just think there's value there. I'm. I think there is too because I think you're talking about it's, you're talking about how the Red Sox were dogs yesterday because the Yankees had Cole, mm-hmm. big name pitcher, right, who had struggled lately, and Wainwright's been phenomenal for the last couple of months, pretty much the, the entire season. Yep. And Scherzer is in his worst stretch of pitching for the last year. Three years, entire career. I don't even know, but he's been unbelievable his entire career, except for recency. Uh, you know, based on the performances there. But the issue I have with St. Louis, that bullpen stinks. It's such a hodgepodge of random guys who just aren't very good. I know we criticized Jansen for the Dodgers. He's been great this year. He's still got Gratterall. He's still got Trinan. Yeah. By the you way, know, we we spent most of the show patting ourselves on the back for great takes that we had early in the season. Jansen's a very, very good regular season closer. <laughs> That's all you got start. left. It's all you've got left. But it's not wrong. He's had, he's had a great regular season, so all we can cling to is, well, he sucks in the postseason. Well, I'm asking, do you trust Jansen in the ninth inning of a one-run game I don't, the spot? The answer is no. <laughs> no, the answer but, is just no. But we've been wrong. We've I, been... I have not been wrong in the playoffs, so I'm holding on to that. But the way I'm looking at this game, I'm looking at first five. I'm looking at Cardinals. I think that if you want to try to isolate Scherzer versus Wainwright and you think Wainwright's going to hold his own, then I do think avoiding the Cardinals bullpen, expecting Wainwright to go six innings plus gets you covered. I'll take the Cardinals first five. You? I don't hate that. I, I don't I don't hate that. Um, I'm just The Dodgers are also known for a lot of really, really just stupid late inning rallies where they'll hit four home runs in an inning, and I don't want to bother. Give me the Cardinals to start off early. All right, very good. You know, I just think I just think there's value on the Cardinals all the way across. You're looking, you know, like I said, at two at two thirty, you're getting plus one ninety on the on the Cardinals. If you wanted me to price this myself based on current form, I would get the Dodgers at like one forty five. Uh, I was going to say closer to one seventy, but either, yeah, I was going to say one seventy is probably where they'd put it. But I'm really concerned with Scherzer's recent performance. Well, who's Bueller? I might put at one seventy. Well, the other problem is, oh, you know, Wainwright hasn't been great over his last three. You know, he's got he's got an ERA over his last three of five point oh six. Scott. He and he had he had two decent starts. He he went to he went six, gave up two runs against Milwaukee, and he went six, gave up two runs against San Diego. Of course he Yeah, did, he had a bit of an outlier there against Milwaukee in the but, middle. But then he had a then he had a bad start at Milwaukee against against Hauser, where he gave up five earned in four innings. So mm. Um, you know, there's, there'd been some signs that he was, you know, not quite dealing the way he was, but I think he's still plenty good enough 
He's a veteran. He knows he's been here before and done this before. Very good playoff pitcher. About 3.14 ERA in the playoffs. So I just think I think there's value on the cards. I'm You know, you, you roast the Cardinals bullpen. They won 17 straight. The bullpen had to be doing something right. I'll count on them to win one more. Okay. I just feel better about when it comes to comparisons, I think Dodgers bullpen's better than Cardinals bullpen. I agree. So I'll go with the first five. Okay. That's Plus, good. you also get a push draw. That's true. That's true. All right, very good. And tomorrow, we got a big day tomorrow, man, because we've got Thursday football to talk about. We've got the coastal. We've got the we got the we got the coastal. Do you like? Hey, do you like tough, hard nosed defensive struggles where the teams just punt all night long and play for field position? Do you? Well, then you shouldn't watch the Coastal Carolina Arkansas State game because points de- defense is just going to be a rumor there, at least for one of the teams. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely take the points there to play the over. That that'll be a fun game to watch. We've also got a good NFL game, and we've got the uh, actual baseball playoffs. And we haven't and we haven't actually handicapped those yet. So we're going to be taking a look at all those series. But we have just one thing left to do for today, everybody. You know it, you love it, you've waited this long. It's time to get it on, Scott. Uh, and once again, everybody, it's, you need to just climb up on your tractor. Put on those overalls. Fire that John Deere up, people, because get ready. It's time to bet the farm. Very good. Now, Scott, I understand we uh, we did have a farm play yesterday. How did that uh, How did that end up going for us? We had a Nathan Yavaldi over five and a half strikeouts at minus one fifteen on DraftKings, and he finished with a lot more than five and a half strikeouts. Outstanding. All right. All right, fine. All right, there it is. It's a bet the farm winner. Time to make it two and oh. Time to make it two and oh for the or two and uh, two and one for the week, Scott. We start off we start off badly, but we've got the stink of that week off of us. Time to keep it rolling. And we've got one cooked up from preseason NBA. No, no. We have one cooked up from the Dodgers and the Cardinals. We're going to play a player prop. Scott worked out well yesterday. We're going to do it again. We've got Trey Turner for the Los Angeles Dodgers over a half a run. That's a positive money play, Scott. That's paying plus 110 at DraftKings. Trey Turner scored at least one run in 13 of his last 14 games. That is quite a stretch, including 10 in a row. He has a uh, career batting average, just 357 against Adam Wainwright. Oh, by the way. And Turner also has dun, 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 a 357 batting average in Dodger Stadium this season. He hits second or third in the lineup. He's got some boppers behind him, even without Muncie there. I, you know what? How about, a, how about an Albert Pujols uh, RBI double? To, uh, what about an Albert Pujols squeeze play? How about ooh, that? One? I'd like to. I'd like to see that. I hope. I hope there's more than. I hope there's less than two outs. Yeah, because Albert ain't legging it out to first. Yeah, Turner. We know that he's a speedster and everything like that. But when you're scoring runs in thirteen of your last fourteen and each of your last ten, and you're getting plus one ten for a run, yeah, that's crazy. Now, of course, that's not RBIs. That's him to actually cross home plate, but. He'll steal bases. He'll do what he needs to do. That's right. Tremendous base runner. Put we should up. have chances. Yep, I agree. I think he's going to be on base. I think he's going to be in scoring position. 
and I think the Dodgers will knock him in at least once. So that's going to be our Bet the Farm play for today, Wednesday, the 6th of October. Trey Turner over a half a run at plus 110. That's going to do it for us on this Wednesday edition. We appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. As always, good luck on all your plays today. Hope every one of those tickets in your pocket turns into cash money when you head back to the window. You guys have a great day. Thanks for watching. For me and for Scott, appreciate it. Don't forget to like and subscribe and uh, what what else? You rate, rate and review. That's right. Do all those things. All right. You guys have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.